Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you all for tuning in to The Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host this week. Wow, I have Dave Caudell, the author of the new children's book, The Adventures of Emma Stein. He is here in the Metal Forge studio with me today, and we're going to talk about his new book. Dave and I go way back. We've known each other for about 20 years. He's a super rad dude. So... Where I had made the hype post earlier in the week about this being not just a metal show that, you know, we do feature punk acts, we do feature some artists, we featured chefs on here, you know, and now, you know, I have a children's author who is, you know, writing, you know, about his version of Frankenstein. It's so cool, man, because Dave, like I said, he's an awesome cat. And I want to feature him just as much because it's about the culture, it's about lifestyle, it's about everything that goes with the metal community. And, you know, what better than horror to go with it and what whatever else, you know, cool stuff. Definitely. So I am going to keep it short and sweet this week here on my portion of the monologue. We are going to check in with Athena for another episode of Metal Mischief. This one's a little bit different because it's not an album review. 
So I'm going to give you a little bit of a preface here. She and I were talking later in the part of last week, and she was telling me, yeah, me and a few other people were going to go see Overkill at Bogarts in Cincinnati. And I was like, you know what would really be cool? That, you know... Metal Mischief can just be an open-ended thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be album reviews. If you want to review the Overkill show, because it's fucking Overkill, dude, that would be totally cool. So that's what she's going to be doing on this week's episode of Metal Mischief. So let's check in with her right now, and I'll be back in just a minute. Misfits and miscreants, bangers and mashers, deviants and the deviated, the tormented, and the fermented ghouls and goblins creatures of the night jack those headphones crank the volume to max spark it up and just relax it's time for your deadly dose welcome to our third installment of metal mischief my name is athena and it's time to put your metal to the pedal for a road trip to cincinnati yes we are on the road to see Overkill with special guest Prong. Of course, I love any chance I get to take a road trip to see a show, but especially when they have it at awesome clubs like Bogarts. This is hands down one of my favorite places in Cincinnati to go see shows, especially metal. And the turnout there is always fantastic. And everybody shows up to show the metal support. And uh, it was no different this time. I mean, You've got Overkill, who's been doing this shit for 30 years, man. And everybody still turns out to see him. They must be doing something right. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, on today's lineup, show review number one, Overkill, Cincinnati Bogarts. All right, imagine this. It's a snowy, cold night. I'm with Brian Omer, who's from the Stonecutters and my own victim back in the day, and his awesome wife, Jess. We are embarking on a two-hour jaunt to Bogarts in a freak snow that came out of nowhere. We had a 65-degree afternoon, and by 5.30 that evening, it was in the low 30s and snowing like a motherfucker. So, the fact that all three of us had adulted all day and then had to deal with the weather and everything, we didn't get to the show in time to catch Prong, unfortunately. Now, I've seen Prong a few times, and they're always fun, you know. Wish I could have caught him, but at least I've seen him before. So, we got there just in time for Overkill, which is great. We had just enough time to check our coats, get a beer, and some shots, wade through this massive crowd of a sea of black shirts and hair, <laughs> find our spot on the edge of the pit, and with a few other Louisvillians that we knew that we ran into, we all eagerly awaited the green lights to come on up and signal the band's entrance to the stage. You know, that little calm before the storm. And sure enough, with the first crash of the hi-hats and those green lights swelling up, rippling through the crowd, Overkill takes the stage and hair starts to fly with the song Wrecking Crew. Now, I'm sure you all are familiar with Wrecking Crew. What a great way to open this show, man. Seriously. I love when they come right out the gate with, you know, the bangers, the thrashers. These guys have always been bigger than life, but I don't know, man. It's like 30 years and they've not slowed down. It's pretty damn awesome. Yep, they do. They sound bigger than life. Well, so they played 
14 songs. Yeah, 14 songs. They ripped and thrashed through 14 awesome fucking songs. The crowd was on high for sure, and you could smell it. <laughs> then they returned to the stage for an encore, crushing the electrified crowd with fuck you and overkill. Eh, the crowd goes fucking nuts and the pit is in full swing as the crowd in unison screams, we don't care what you say, fuck you! We don't care what you say, fuck you! Like a fucking anthem. Absolutely incredible. Blood boiling, heart pumping, hair flying, banging my fucking head with everybody else. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Yep, Overkill's performance was solid as fuck. They sounded great, man. And Bogart's crew was totally on it. Their sound crew was on it. They sounded, they were doing a great job, man, for sure. There's definitely no sign of Overkill slowing down. They are actually touring on their last release, The Wings of War, which was a combination of sickening brutality and an addictive melody. Bobby Blitz and bassist D.D. Verney announced in a previous interview with Metal Asylum that there is a new album that has been in the works since 2019, actually. It's complete, and um, they're just waiting on the cover art, apparently. It's in the works right now. So, I'm excited. I bet you guys are, too. Bobby Blitz also says that the new songs are a natural progression from The Grinding Wheel, 2017, and The Wings of War, 2019. This album will be mixed by Colin Richardson, who previously worked on, with Overkill on uh, three albums, actually. 1997's From the Underground and Below, 2000's Bloodletting, and 2003's Killbox 13. You know, it's super exciting to me that you have bands like Overkill that are still being progressive and kicking our faces in, you know, when a lot of these really... <laughs> Amazing metal bands that we used to love back in the 80s kind of fell by the wayside, you know? And in an age where music is instantly available and bands uh, appear to just fade in and fade out just as quickly, the power and resilience that is overkill, like, you know, whose initial social media was stuffing show flyers under windshield wipers in the 1980s. It just reminds you that, you know, they've remained as resolute as ever and even more so i mean if you know the wings of war you know if that was just a taste of what the next album's going to be like then i'm really excited about it for sure now i know we're kind of coming into this late because i just saw them um last week on friday and the show the show was awesome let me and if you didn't catch it and you miss into the USA dates, which I think it, it ends on March 19th. So you might have to go over the pond. There's a handful of dates over there for Manor Fest in UK, Academy in Dublin, Ireland, Limelight in Belfast, Ireland, Wacken Open Air Festival, of course, Rockstand Festival in Bucharest, Romania, the Nubon Open Air Festival in Warstant, Germany, and Kent. Candelabrum Festival in Mexico. So, if you have the funds and you're vaccinated and all that fun jazz and you can travel the world and you feel so inclined to, go catch Overkill over the pond. Yeah. All right. So, 
I know it's a little bit different because I'm not talking about albums here. Still going to do my five shot review though. And this show got one shot. Most definitely, I had a bang over the next day. My neck hurt for two days after that show, but it was completely worth it, as it always is. So, until we meet again, have a most excellent time, and remember, keep it heavy. Hell yeah. So, we're going to go ahead and get into the interview here with Dave. So no song today at the beginning of the interview because Dave's not a musician, but I do have a treat of a song at the end of the show for sure. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one because they stopped beating their wives. And weird we never even thought of. Well, no. My friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. (laughs) Weird. It's Gonna Get Weird is the name of the podcast, available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. All right, Metalheads. Earlier this week, I made the hype post for this week's episode with Dave Cardell, who is the author of the book, The Adventures of Emma Stein. And I, I made it a point to sit there and say that it's not always about the music. It's about the culture. It's about the rock and roll lifestyle, the metal lifestyle and stuff like that. And there's so many awesome things that, that we get on top of that, like this. Like with this book here, Dave, dude, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Mark, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Uh, It has. I mean, we talk, I think just like everybody these days, we talk more online now than than we do in person, and we live probably 25 minutes away from each other. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we can't really blame COVID for that, unfortunately. I think that's just how we just live in a social media world, and it's kind of sad in a way. Because uh, you do miss those human touches, um, but it you know it's always good to reach out and talk to an old friend. Oh, absolutely! You know I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with an older story here. And everyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Okay, <laughs> and I got to spend Celebration Three, the Star Wars convention, uh, with Dave here. Uh, he decided to come up and take a ticket that my mom was going to go and she did basically didn't go. <laughs> so me and Dave and a couple other people were just like, you know, walking around the convention center in Indianapolis, just like making fun of everything. 
and just being crazy. It was great, dude. Uh, I'll never will forget that. I went there on a whim. It was a last minute decision. I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go up to Indy. And uh, I was going to sleep in my truck that night. And just so happens, like, dude, I got a hotel. Just come back with me. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, no sense on sleeping in the truck. Yeah, it might have been okay, but hell. Because we do know, like, Chandler and his uncle did sleep in their car. Right. And they that's where I'll never forget Pepsi Dent, where they were brushing their teeth and rinsing with Pepsi. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's so gross. Tell me about the adventures of Emma Stein. Where did this come from? The idea started probably about right in the middle of COVID. I have worked in healthcare for the last 12 years and my wife and I, you know, she's a nurse too. So, and we were just burnt out on our jobs. Um, she loves being a nurse. I wanted to do something a little different and it came from a personal story because, uh, unfortunately my wife and I are unable to have kids Aww. and I've just, I just remember being in the, uh, and we've been married for almost 13 years. I better get that right or she'll kill me. Um, <laughs> right. But, but I, I remember being in the garage and we decorate for Halloween, like h- hardcore. And I just remember looking in the garage and I was being depressed about my job. And I look over and I see all these like monster parts and stuff hanging out of the box, out of these, uh, plastic crates. And we always said if we had a daughter, we was going to name her Emma. And I was like, and all of a sudden Emma sign just popped in my head and I kind of stewed for that and I, all of a sudden I started making a, a story about it about two mad scientists that couldn't have kids that created their own daughter and I started coming up with a town and different characters in my head and, and I never put it on paper until probably uh, a couple months later down the road and I talked to my wife about it and she was very supportive she's like you're burnout go ahead quit your job and work on this project She's been the real MVP of the whole thing, really. And uh, she gave me the uh, last few months to get everything in order. Um, at the time, uh, Jeremy, a buddy of ours, you know Jeremy. I do. Uh, yeah. Um, I reached out to him. He was actually moving back home to Indiana. And uh, he's a graphic designer. And he's pretty well known around this area. He's worked with uh, several artists. I think the biggest one around here is probably Jack Harlow, even though I know this is a metal show. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, during his early years, he worked with Jack and, um, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll reach out to Jeremy. If not, I'll find somebody else. And, uh, it just so happens he was just as passionate about it as I was. And he has been phenomenal to work with. So, and yeah, that's how we got Emma going. Absolutely. And of course, illustrations are by Jeremy Ritchie. That's who we're talking about here. He, who does, if you know, you're going to see links obviously in the description below. That's, you know, ultimately, I think you can write a character, but me being a visual type, you know, learner, somebody who like absorbs so much from visual intake that I think that's when the character really takes like takes life, I guess. Right. And I gave him like some key aspects on different things. Like there was something like if I wanted a a character to have a certain thing, he worked with that and then he put his own spin on it. And uh, the art in this book is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I couldn't have chose a better artist than Jeremy Ritchie. But it absolutely fits so well to the story because I think when you have classic children's books like Dr. Seuss and 
peanuts and things like that. They all have a distinct style that works for them. And this is no different. I think the style works for it. Right. And he, he, he took a lot of uh, a lot of ideas with the stuff that we grew up with. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember the show uh, Rick Moranis' Gravedale High. I, I vaguely do. Okay. He, he took some inspiration from that. Um, R.L. Stein, uh, the Munsters, uh, the old WWF cartoon even, Ninja Turtles and like Nickelodeon stuff, that stuff that we grew up with, you know? And he put a, a spin on it for today's kids. Definitely. And that's, see, that's where I think it's it's always at, is, you know, taking things from your youth, adapting them to, to keep them new again, keep them fresh, and then put your spin on it and introduce something new for children today. Right. The book came out this past Sunday on the 13th was the official right. release. I did get a, a nice PDF advanced copy, which I really enjoyed. You know, it's, it's fun. It's cute. And I mean, if you have kids, you should definitely pick up a copy of it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Now you had an, an actual reason for putting it out on the Sunday, the 13th, right? Correct. A couple about. Uh, 2014, my, my father passed away on March the 13th. Um, and I was an only child growing up and, uh, almost a year later, my mom passed away too. So it was two big hits in like less than a year. And, uh, so on March 13th, it's been a day that my life has changed forever. You know, I was like, I want to incorporate that into this release and i want to reclaim that day um i think my father and my mother would would totally be supportive of that and um so i made march 13th emma day and uh that was when the book finally came out and people can go to uh, amazon barnes and noble wherever books are sold and pick it up so uh, most of it's done online right now uh and hopefully here pretty soon it'll actually start getting into stores but march 13th was has a big huge meaning definitely doing something like that obviously you know for the the tribute to your parents with that and you know this is a new no pun intended new chapter in your life being a children's author, you know, that's, you've got to have that day that means something to you. I get that. Right. I do think that, you know, having a day that means something to you, you know, when you decide to unleash things on the world, you know, me being a musician, I've released a few albums on like Leap Day and stuff like that. Not not for the fact of it's, oh, it's Leap Day, but, but for the fact that it's like, it's an odd time of your life to do something like that. I had a fascination because I had a teacher one time whose birthday was his was February 29th. So he only had a birthday every four years. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. picking a day that meant something to you for sure. Yeah. And, and it was the thing like, um, and I think, you know, to a lot, like a part of me wants to believe in, in fate and then, you know, but, uh, and then I sit there and think, I think people make their own fate, you know? Um, and like you could take different scenarios and if you don't like that, that situation, you can change it. Absolutely. And that, and that was something that I wanted to do is I wanted to reclaim that day and not think about anything sad that day or around that time, you know? And, uh, so I was like, you know what? March 13th, that's going to be the day. That's going to be Emma day. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, 
song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Now that this one has come out, you've re- you've got through the initial hurdle. The is everything perfect? So, do you have like a scheduled release for more stuff? I'm currently working on the second book. Um, I started writing the second book a couple months ago and, um, I just stopped and I was like, this particular story does not seem like it would be a good second part of, of the tale, the adventures of Emma Stein. So I decided I was going to go a different route with the second uh, book and tell a different tale. I'm halfway through writing that. I would like to get it out towards the end of the year. That would probably be ideal, especially since the uh, topic has to do a lot with the holidays. But so that's ideal. I can't really say when that one's going to be released, but because uh, I will have to ter- uh, talk it over with Jeremy, obviously, right. and see what his, what his schedule is going to look like. Um, and then, of course, funding and everything. What's one of the things about being a self-publishing author is like, you know, all the funding and all the money comes from you for sure yeah and uh so that can be an issue too so i'm going to talk it over with jeremy so right now we're just trying to revel in the fact that emma's finally out and we're going to enjoy this for at least a couple weeks you know and uh and then it's back to work 
Yeah, then it's right <laughs> back to work. Exactly. For sure. I feel the same way on albums when I do the albums. It's like, all right, it's finally here. It's done. What's next? <laughs> exactly. Right. I was actually talking to a, an author friend of mine. His name is Christian James, and uh, he lives out in L.A. Me and him are getting ready to do a start, start doing a lot of cross-promotion. Um, early when I was uh, working on Emma, I reached out to him because he wrote like a Halloween book, and it, it's fantastic. And it's called All Hallows Eve in Salem, and it's about the monsters celebrating Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts. And he has been like my Yoda through the whole thing this whole process and I can't thank him enough and you can check out his stuff. I'm going to plug his stuff too. Cause sure. me and him, me and him have a, a philosophy. It's friends helping friends. You know, there's no, um, there's no competition in, in this. There shouldn't be anyway. So uh, you could check out his stuff at the world, uh, world of Christian James on Instagram. And it's uh, with a K. Okay. So, and uh, he, he's, a, he's awesome. I, I actually, he, Gave me an early copy of his new book that's coming out. Uh, it's called Main Street. And man, if I had this book, the Main Street book, when my uh, parents passed away, it would have helped me a lot because it has a lot to do with losing loved ones and, mm. and seeing them again on Main Street. Definitely. So check that out. I will include a link to that below as well. So now it's the time of the show. I like to switch gears and, you know, I like to ask some general profile questions about you as a person. So you're no different than any of the musicians that come on the show. You're going to get some of these questions too. Okay, cool, man. First off, started out real lighthearted. What's your favorite food? Uh, favorite food. Oh man. Uh, I'm going to say Mexican, Mexican food. Okay. Right on. Any, anything in particular though, in, Me in Mexican cuisine that you, that like you go to the Mexican restaurant every time and this is what you get. If I can't, if I can't, I like to get, it depends on what type of Mexican food. Like if it's Tex-Mex, it's a little, it, all that's kind of the same. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like authentic street tacos are amazing. And, yes. um, I love good street tacos. Definitely. Because you're primarily a writer. What was the first book you purchased with your own money? Oh man. Okay. Um, and, probably, the and the scholastic book fair does not count. That's, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> the first okay. actual um, book. Okay. I'm probably going to say back in the day, it was probably, uh, how to eat fried worms. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember buying that with my own money. Um, before that, it was always got books from the library. Um, uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So my mom would always take me to the library and I would like get a ton of books and we would also rent movies from there. Right. So but probably how to eat fried, how to eat fried worms was probably my, the first book I bought. I still remember reading that in fourth grade. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think uh, the boxcar children was another, another one. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Benicula was another one. Not, not familiar with that. Uh, Benicula was about a vampire bunny rabbit. Wow. Yeah. What is something that you've always wanted to do, but you're not coordinated enough to do? <laughs> Sports in general. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> you and me like, both. Like, I was terrible. Terrible at basketball. I was decent at baseball, um, but I was terrible at like eye and hand coordination. So they always stuck me in the right field, unfortunately. Right. But, but like when I make contact 
the ball um, when I was batting, you know, it, it was pretty impressive. Um, but I just never done anything with it. You know, I was, I was more of, a, of an artistic kid, you know, growing up. So, yeah, for sure. What is your most embarrassing moment? Oh, geez, Lord, if I can, I'm trying to think. Okay. There was one time, uh, I made Chester, uh, Chester from uh, Lincoln Park laugh. They actually opened up before they got huge. Um, they were playing at a small club in, in Louisville called Headliners, and uh, they were the opening band. And I went on stage during the headlining band, and my ass crack was hanging out. <laughs> and I turn around, and Chester was just laughing his ass off. So I always think about that, you know, and because uh, you know, a couple months later they were probably one of the biggest bands in the in the uh in the world definitely Uh-oh. but it's that it's that moment that you got to have with him and you know oh, he yeah. probably oh. thought about that just you know even after the fact <laughs> it's like hey remember oh, yeah, when i like, played in louisville and that guy <laughs> oh oh yeah like uh, like and afterwards like me and him talked about it and started like and we both laughed and everything but it, it was at the time it was a little embarrassing but now it's like it, it's whatever you know it, it, it's kind of cool to think back sometimes that happens with those embarrassing moments you know right it, it 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 turns from an embarrassing moment to an endearing memory, right? For sure. What song could you never tire of listening to? Oh man, it would have to be every Jason Isbell song. <laughs> no. I know, I know, this is a metal a, show, but hey, there's certain people I think transcend genre sometimes. Exactly, and he's a huge Mastodon fan, which that's awesome. Well, I mean, everybody is a huge Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. 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 What's the last thing you watched on YouTube? Probably Dan Housen videos. <laughs> I really want to hook up with him and do something for Emma. Um, that he, would be great. He, he seems like a, a kindred spirit to me. Like, um, like everything he says, like he pretty much stays in character the entire time, but every so often he'll let the real Donovan like slip out and like, I remember his Patreon and some of the things that he says, like recently he said that he wants to show people that they could be generally themselves and be successful, you know, and that I took that to heart. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And Dan Housen is hilarious and he's a hell of a worker. I'll say that. Well, I talked to his wife on uh, Twitter and I told her that I was sending her daughter uh, a copy of the book and an Emma Stein plush and she was very thankful. So that could be something that could happen in the next few months. Hell yeah. That's dude. That's great. Speaking of wrestling, you know, you and I have been wrestling fans since, like, little kids. <laughs> right. If you had to pick, it's hard to pick a top one, I understand. Um, right. So do a top three. Who are your okay. top three wrestlers of all time? Now, this isn't ha- has nothing to do with technical skill or anything like that. No. Um, this, this is just some the top three that I enjoy watching. Uh, one... Number one, hands down, Mick Foley. Nice. Um, and also yeah, a writer. Yes, exactly. And also, and a, and a, ch- a children's author too. Yes. Um, two, uh, probably Flair. Okay. Um, yeah, cause he, man, Flair just had good matches with everybody back in the day. Um, and three, I'm going to say Terry Funk. Wow. 
Yeah. For sure. And Terry had a lot of amazing matches back in the day with people, too. And so let me ask you this with Terry Funk. Is it Terry pre-Japan run in 1985 or post? I like pre. Um, okay. But but I I uh, I first learned of Terry. Like, I knew who Terry Funk was as a kid, but I didn't really appreciate Terry Funk until I got older. Right. Like, I remember seeing his hardcore stuff. I was like, oh, heck yeah. I mean, that guy's awesome. Um, and that led me into a whole, a, like, wormhole of Terry Funk matches, you know. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely a, an icon for sure. And he's a, he's, he's, he's a living legend, you know. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely in my top three. For sure. I could dig that. And yeah, because there was that thing when he went to Japan in like 85 and then came back as hardcore that, you know, it, it not only did it like change his way of doing things and it prolonged his career for another 20 years almost Mm -hmm. that, you know, he was all of a sudden relevant again. And like I said, he got to work another 20 years. And, you know, just everything before that, though, from like the early 70s in like the Texas, you know, territories, the Amarillo territory and stuff. It's crazy stuff to watch because he, him and his brother, uh, Dory Funk Jr., just badasses, completely badasses. Oh, they were, they were, uh, ahead of their time for sure. Oh, yeah, very much so. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now.
If you would have followed your dreams as a child, what would you be doing right now? I'd be the next Howard Stern. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. To- totally different from the path that I ended up going down. Um, Private Parts was a movie that came out when I was in high school, and uh, and his books were big, too. So, uh, And he was just a cool, just raunchy dude. And back in the 90s, you wanted to be that renegade and just, you know, screw society, screw everything. Thing. And um, I'm glad I didn't go down that path. Um, but he's definitely someone that I looked up to back in the day because he did do it his way. You know, um, over time, he, he's changed. He's got a little bit more. Uh, um, he's not as, I guess, raunchy. I guess that's a word that I could, I yeah. could say. Yeah. You know, he he's definitely tamed down quite a bit over the last oh, yeah. 10 or so 10 or 15 years since Absolutely. he's moved to to like what is it is it serious x yes xm ser- yeah serious xm so you know but yeah definitely either that or i was going to be a comedian you know so which i think you would probably have done done well at both actually being a shock jock or you know or a shock comedian <laughs> yeah you know young dave absolutely um 41-year-old Dave, probably not so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I feel you on that, too. The older I've gotten, I'm just like, meh. Yeah. Meh. Okay. Right. <laughs> if you could relive any age of your life, what would it be? Oh, I'm going to say 16. Um, I would definitely have, uh, if I knew what I know now back then, there would be definitely some things I would have done a little differently. I probably would have done, try to do a little bit better in school. Um, I guess everybody kind of says that, but over, but now that I think about it, you know, I think, I, I don't really know, man. That's, that's a, that's, a, that's a hard question. Um, yeah, uh, there's so many points in my life that I would like to redo over, but I think everything that, that has happened in my life has led me to this point. Definitely. And, uh, and, and if you change something, you might not be where you're at. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, obviously, you know, I'm happily married. Um, for almost 13 years and uh you know and like there's situations in my life definitely i, I probably would have done differently but no i have no re- no regrets no regrets at all for sure so i want to ask you this because not only we were talking earlier about decorating the house for halloween like super where people go on a, out on a limb and decorate crazy for christmas you do this for halloween yeah i do um like we don't have a lot of stuff, but what we have is really cool. Um, and, uh, my dad did it before I did. My dad growing up, man, my house was like Pee Wee's playhouse from October to December. <laughs> and, uh, I don't do it so much for Christmas, but I definitely do it for Halloween every year. So, so because you are so into Halloween and the month of horror, hands down, favorite horror movie of all time. Exorcist. Such a good one. And, and I know that a lot of people say that, but that that one has a kind of a special meaning because uh, the first time I watched that movie was with my best friend Tyler. And his dad, who, who passed away years ago, took us to the old video voyages. Now, for those people that that don't know what that is, that's a it was an old school mom and pop uh, video store that we had here in Scott County. And we rented that. The Omen 2, and I think Deliverance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Horror and, in three spectrums. 
Oh my, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I'll never will forget uh, watching The Exorcist, you know, for the first time because you know I grew up not in a religious household per se, but I grew up going to you know like everybody around here going to church every Sunday, blah blah. And it was almost like blaspheming that she was watching that that show or watching that that film. And uh, I just remember just the more I, you know, the more that people say, oh, no, don't watch it, don't watch it. it you want to watch it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, definitely that rebellious teenager. And I remember like hiding my Manson CDs and, and stuff uh, coming home. And um, but after a while, my parents didn't care. Right. You know, and uh, but I remember doing that. I remember hiding my records and stuff and all my metal albums and everything uh, because I didn't want my parents to, you know, take it because my dad would take CDs and throw them in a burn barrel. Wow. So, See, that's harsh. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know, and it wasn't like he did it to be a, a jerk or anything, but he I think over time you kind of learn what okay my parents they did great things but sometimes you know some of the stuff that they did do what they could have done differently and um i think each generation it's our responsibility to kind of correct the sins of our past relationships with our our parents you know right. what i'm saying oh absolutely i yeah. de definitely can relate on that as well so i got a couple more questions cool uh, biggest pet peeve biggest pet peeve uh Wires, mm, very much. I yes, very much so. Uh, so as always, links are listed below. So please give a like, a share, and a follow to Dave and you know Jeremy and everybody who we've mentioned here today that I said I would put links in for. Uh, you can go to emmasteinrocks.com and you can click links there to get to the book to where you can purchase it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and so on and so forth. You can also go to the Grave Acres Market where you can get some awesome hoodies, some tote bags, some coffee mugs. And if you're in, I'll go ahead and plug this too. If you are in the Scottsburg area, just out on a drive, who knows, you could have flown in from Houston, which you should do. If you, you stop by uh, Sweet Fizz and Dirt Boys, you can actually pick up your own Emma Stein plushie there. And patch. Yes. So yes. The, do that as well. The, the plushes were, oh my gosh, man. The plushes were a trip. Um, I remember uh, when we were getting ready to uh, start doing some uh, some launch material for Emma, um, staying up late to talk to a lady in China about these dolls. And I uh, ordered a hundred of them, and they stayed on a cargo ship for months. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and they finally, when we finally got them, I could not believe how, how good quality they are. And they are huge. Yes. They are absolutely huge. And uh, a good thing about purchasing uh, an Emma plush now is that they're on sale now because uh, because of the book. So we knocked five bucks off of it. So if you haven't purchased one yet, head on over to Dirt Boys and get one. Hell yes, for sure. Dave, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before we go today? Oh, definitely my wife, Shannon. Like I said, she's been amazing, you know. Uh, of course, Jeremy. Jeremy has been a dream to work with. Uh, like Emma could not have came to life like she did if somebody else did her. You know, somebody else drew, you know, did all the illustrations for her. 
uh, Jeremy has been the real MVP on this whole thing. Um, my friends, uh, Dirt Boys, uh, my friend Christian James in LA, um, and just pretty much Scott County. You know, I, I, I received a lot of love in this town for this project. And I, I, I can never repay people for all the love and support. Um, and it, just people out of the, the blue, you know, people I haven't even talked to or thought about in years, they, they, they'll come up to me. Hey, I'm very proud of what you're doing. And, um, I'm like, it's really hard for me to like accept the accolades. You know, and but it's coming out of a place of love and everything, and I'm so appreciative of it. Definitely. And see, that's small town community, you know, support. It it can be so awesome at times. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, that's one of the things that I've always liked about, you know, small town Indiana is, you know, when you when you have something like this. And people get behind it and they all, they all know, everybody knows everybody and they all want to see you succeed, which is awesome. Exactly. And I couldn't have done this project if it wasn't for the fact that I lived in Scott County, because growing up here, you know, you did two things. You either conformed and did what you were supposed to do, like, and that was get a job, get married, you know, go work 30, 40 years at, you know, such and such place. Or you can do what a lot of us did back in the day and created a whole scene. Um, and that's one thing that a lot of people to this day is like, man, Scottsburg had a really good scene back in the day. Oh, absolutely. They did. You know, and I was so happy to be a part of that, you know, and, uh, all of the all the bands that has has came out of this this small town and all the artists and and all the artisans and just it's it's amazing you know oh for sure like when very minuscule days of the internet where not everybody had a a, a computer and dial up in their home at the time that you just really you met each other at shows that you we put on in in the Beechwood Park shelter house or the Lake Iola shelter house. And that's how people met people. And you had one person who maybe like myself, who went to Eastern high school and you had somebody who went to Salem and somebody in most of the other people who went to like Scottsburg, but we all had a connection through somebody we knew that, okay, well I can hand out flyers at my school and this person can hand out flyers at their school and, you know, and just, we built something. Yeah. And like we bands from Milwaukee. Yeah. Come down, you know, uh, 1956, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. And, and they, apparently they're still together. So, which is awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Good <laughs> that, for them. Yeah, for sure. That it's been tw 20 plus years almost. <laughs> That's awesome. Heck yeah. Uh, Dave, thank you for coming on Metal Forge this week. I appreciate Brother, it. It's been super fun. It's been such a rad time. Brother, I, I appreciate this opportunity and uh, just keep doing things, man, like like you're doing. I mean, there, this, this is a good, good show. Thank you. And I appreciate I that. And you do the same thing. You know, you keep writing the books about Emma Stein because when you sent me the 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 pre-copy on pdf i was just like i sat down and was like wow this is really good thanks man <laughs> you know and it's and it's it's a good enough book that it reminds me of you know it do, it's not a book that you know there's so many children's books out there that patronize children that are just kind of like you know it treats them like they're children which you know 
I've always been of the per- of the belief that you know we don't raise children, we raise adults. And this book that you wrote keeps children on par with being human. Thanks, which, man. I which is great. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Definitely. So much support. I have one last question for you, Dave. And it's sure. usually when I gear it to the metal to the metal people or the musicians that come on the show, I ask what album changed your life. So I'm going to ask you the same thing, but from an author standpoint, what book did you read that changed your life and made you want to write? Okay. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, that's a hard question. I've read some great books over the years. Uh, but one that kind of pops up, and I know this sounds really weird, is uh, Forrest Gump, actually. Um, the book is so different from the movie. And uh, what I like about the book is that it looks like, you know, a, a man, you know, like with the cognitive ability of Forrest, like, wrote it because it has misspellings in it um, and just all the different adventures he got into. Um and it's totally different than the movie. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. But the book but, is something special, too. Yeah. Right. The book's got a character called the turd. I mean, how awesome is that? <laughs> and he goes to space and he becomes a professional wrestler. Spoiler alert. And, and uh, you, so, you, yeah. You know, he he's, he's still in professional wrestling. He changed his name to Ric Flair. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, no. Uh, there's actually, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, that uh, in the movies that made us on Netflix, yes, there is a Forrest Gump episode on there. Yes, and I haven't watched it yet. It is ex- it is extremely interesting because they had optioned that film. You know, when they bought the uh, the the rights to the book, they bought the rights to the book in like the the early eighties. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. and it took like almost like fifteen years or so before it actually got made. It was like twelve years before it got made. Wow! And it went through several different production companies and. It was just, it's crazy. It's a, it's a good watch. And of course, yes, Forrest Gump is a, is a great read. Oh yeah. And there's a sequel to it too. Uh, not the movie, but for the book. And like, he was responsible for making new Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. Yeah. New Coke is so terrible. Was so yes, terrible. It <laughs> exactly. So they blame Forrest for New Coke and the and the sequel to Forrest Gump. Nice. If anybody's got to take the blame, it has to be him. I'm sure. Exactly. Dave, thank you so much again for coming on the Metal Forge. We're gonna play out some awesome Indiana, you know, punk music today. So how I mentioned earlier, Sweet Fizz and Dirt Boys, the uh, consignment and sweet shop in Scottsburg. We're gonna play some of Vanover's band. This is Push Start, and yes, you've heard them before on the show. It's been a while. We need to get them back. I know. So this is SPNF.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now... We're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs>